Hi, hello. My name is Maris, and welcome to my show, Critical Root Zone, where we dig deep with inquiring minds to get to the root of sustainability, going below the surface to rebuild trust while supporting all voices on our journey to a climate-positive planet. In this episode of Digging Deeper with Howard Gentry, we'll get the full scoop on what it means to be criminal court clerk of Metropolitan Nashville and Davidson County. In the previous episode, we did a deep dive into Howard's personal story. Be sure to check that out. Welcome, Howard. Welcome back, Howard Gentry. Thank you for having me again. I'm 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 excited more now than I was the first time. <laughs> you know, we got the first one over with. <laughs> yeah, now we're yeah. now we're cruising. Right, right. Episode two. Yes. People and Planet series with Howard Gentry. Wow. And we're digging a little deeper. We're getting into you gave us a, a little bit about your background. We mm-hmm. we told an amazing personal story, a uh, very heartfelt story that I encourage everyone to go back and make sure you listen to episode one. And in this one, I really want to talk about your position as criminal court clerk, which, by the way, that's a hard thing to say. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it, yeah, I we, had to practice we, it. We call our office the CCC office. CCC. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say CCC. <laughs> they won't know what you're saying, though. You know? um, and and you, were, you gave us a brief history of how you have been the first African-American in many different seats, right? Many different political in all seats. In all of them. In all of them. Mm-hmm. And just briefly, you were a Metro Council... At large. At large. Mm-hmm. You were... Vice mayor. Vice mayor. I ran for mayor and missed a runoff by, by 244 votes. 244 and, votes. Uh, now I'm the criminal court clerk, which is the first African-American constitutional officer. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't planned, but that's the way it happened. Right. Yes. And and you've been in this position for how Since many? Since 2011. Since 2011. I just got reelected. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you, Nashville. Yes. yes. I want to talk more about what you do as a criminal court clerk. And yeah, just what, what are some of the, I mean, it's very large. Yeah. Well, area you know, the actual responsibility is, is really concise, but you were talking about digging deep. And that's one thing that um, uh, kind of endeared me to you, too, because I use that analogy all the time when it comes to poverty, homelessness, criminal justice system. If you really want to know where the root causes are, you have to reach down, sometimes beyond the root, mm-hmm. to to really see where the real problem is. And many people never know that because they they feel that, well, they just don't know that they're, there's... There's more some, to it. There's something down. There's more to it. So uh, the fact is that uh, my job as criminal court clerk is to keep the uh, records of the criminal courts. And so we have 18 judges. I have people uh, in each court. Um, uh, and we have um, uh, records that are filed and, and records that we have to maintain. And I have a warehouse full of records because wow. we have to keep paper which is unfortunate, yeah. and uh, that is our job. And my job is also to collect uh, fines and fees. Um, not necessarily go out and collect, but we do have a cashier's window, and and I do have to use a third party if 
people fail to pay. And that sounds pretty simple. Also, I have the bond and warrant office, and that's the office that if you're arrested, uh, that you have to come to to be able to make your bond or mm-hmm. or uh, do other things. And it's like a mini criminal court clerk office, too. We're in the Birch Building on the second floor. The bond and warrant office is in the sheriff's, uh, in the jail uh, facility. So that's what we do. But there's a whole lot of things that we that maybe the statute doesn't tell us uh, that is our job, but by legislation we are responsible for, most coming from the legislature. And that is um, we're responsible for expunging records. If people have not had their records uh, removed and they are eligible, uh, we are responsible for uh, driver's license issues, uh, reinstatement of driver's license, but, but also doing the paperwork for uh, licenses that have been suspended. Uh, we're also able, not necessarily responsible for, we're responsible for one number four on the form, but uh, we're also able to help people get their voting rights reinstated. Wow. And so uh, we do a lot that we are not required to do unless asked. So if I don't tell you that you can have your records expunged, Mm. we're not absolutely required to do it. But the person, if they ask, then we shall do it. Right, but how they know to ask. Sometimes, most times, they don't know. And I found that out when I started digging Mm. lower. I found out that they are leaving the courts. It doesn't matter whether they're poor, educated, or whatever. There are people who've had cases dismissed that think it's over. Right. And they're told even that they can have the record expunged. Some people don't know what expunged means. Sure. But they're told, but they're not told what to do. So they, they being told, some of them assume that it just happens. But if you don't ask for it or an attorney doesn't ask for it, it can't get done. You actually have to sign for it or an attorney has to sign for it or you can't get it done. So imagine uh, when you're thinking about the environment, when you imagine uh, people, 70% of the people arrested and brought into our courts are poor and indigent. Indigent means that they can't afford ha- they can't afford to live, let alone pay uh, 70%. a fee. 70%. And that's a lot of people. Wow. And also uh, that same number are brought in, even more brought in on minor crimes. You know, the murder, the the big drug cases, the uh, domestic violence cases, which are uh, just awful cases. Yeah. But that's just about 10, 12 percent of the cases that are heard in the criminal justice system. Wow. doesn't minimize those cases. Sure. But it maximizes the problem with the system. And that is that many of those people shouldn't even be there. And many of them are revolving around or within the system because they're poor, because they're homeless, because they're not able to get the information needed to move out of the system. It it's keeps them cycle. from getting jobs and housing. And, yeah. and, and uh, it's, 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 it's a terrible cycle. So if you're not informing them, if you're not being proactive, then – their lives are, are a never-ending um, uh, um, a movement. We call it a spiral, but it's not always down. It's just in yeah. in, in the in it's the going mid- in circles. Going in circles that that um, that they don't deserve. So sure. uh, as I looked at the law and looked at the people that were being affected, 
I was the founding chair of the Homelessness Commission 20 years ago. I was uh, uh, started the Poverty Initiative in Nashville, and so I've been involved in the. And then I've lived in North Nashville my entire life. So I've my education's from North Nashville, from K through two degrees at TSU. Uh, most of my jobs have been in North Nashville. My life has been around poverty, mm-hmm. around struggle, around suffering, around. Uh, 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 disenfranchisement. Uh, I know I made that word longer, and, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, but uh, it, it it it's been in that environment, so I understand it. I understand it, and I, I have a passion for it, not just North Nashville, but the entire Nashville, because there are people in every corner of this city who are struggling because of a lack of knowledge, absolutely, a lack of uh, opportunity, uh, a lack of someone. Just asking. Sure. When you come in my office, you could be coming in to pay a $10 fee. We're going to pull you up in the system and see if you have cases that can be expunged. If you have your driver's license, if you, uh, and we're going to ask you if you've lost your voting rights. Now, is that required? No. Of, so that's just the extra no. mile that y'all go no. through. No, we put you a system that. on that computer mm. through our, our technology uh, area to, to color code. And ding. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, once a person's name is put into that system. And that's not standard. It's not required. Wow. And so I dare dare say it's not a standard. Sure. But uh, we do it. And I don't care if you go directly to the cashier. They can pull it up. I don't care if you call on customer service. They can pull it up. Anywhere in our office, the bond office, they can pull it up. And they can see your history. And your history is not to degrade you or make you look bad your history is what can we do to help you yep. we go out we have um we have mobile uh, it's not a mobile unit we are mobile so up to eight of our employees can can roll out to um, a job fair or an expungement clinic and we can set up our computers hotspot um, copiers and we can do Y'all the do job that? Oh, we all, all over the, the city every week I'm not wow. every week, almost twice a month. And we go out, uh, uh, different organizations call us, and they do expungement clinics. Now the state has picked up on what we do, and they're starting to try to do it around the state. Amazing. Uh, because this this is a shell. When you read the law, it tells you as, a, as, a, uh, as an individual, as a citizen, that if, you, if your record has been... Um, dismissed or nollied or withdrawn or whatever, whatever category it's in, if it is an expungible record, you shall have your record expunged. Mm, so that word. <laughs> shall, shall. That means there's no question. Sure. And even where there are questions, we can put you in touch with the DA's office to see if those questions can be worked out. So, yes, we wanted the community, and when I became clerk, we were averaging about 10,000 expungements, a little over that, a year. It sounds like a lot, but we're averaging between thirty and 40,000 a year now. Oh, my goodness. And it's because we're proactive in yeah. that. Uh, we're not the great gods. No, we're, we're people doing our job and not just staying stuck in the courthouse. We're bringing justice to the people. Mm-hmm. And it's not just me in my office. It's Judge Bell and other uh, entities within government that are now reaching out to the people. And the more we help, the better our city is, the Absolutely. better our economy is. 
economy is, the better our environment is. Yes. Because if a person now can get a decent job that wasn't getting a decent job because of their record, then they are able to live a more environmentally friendly life. And if a person um, is able to go to school now yeah. or get housing, sure, get housing, you can actually by change a homeless person's life just by removing their record. Because now it's job, it's housing, it's everything they said no to. Yeah. And I'm talking about, because I will say to you that a large number of homeless people actually have skills. Poverty is generational, it's cultural. And you can be in poverty and you can be uh, educationally uh, poor, uh, economically poor over generations. But People fall into homelessness. Right. Uh, wow. Most people don't live to be an adult from a child in homelessness, and then they generations eventually uh, uh, the streets kill. And I know this because once a year we have a homeless a memorial, and it used to be 40, 50 a year, and now it's way over 100 a year, and it just keeps going up. The streets kill people. And how in the world can we be comfortable living in a society that allows people to down the streets because they're poor, they're hungry, they're in poor health and living on the ground? And then we might, now we make it illegal for them to sleep right. on the ground or camp out. But you don't want to do the things that allow them to come off the ground. They're absolutely a part of sustainability. They are. Uh, this is... What you're, what you're saying, you're making my job really easy. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. I mean, you're just, you're speaking so much truth into yeah. what I'm learning and what I, what I want to shed light on, yeah. which is when I drive my car around Nashville and I see someone begging for money, it's hard for me not want to not want to give them $20 out of my pocket, which I've done numerous times. But then there comes a certain time where I'm like, well, what, what else, what do I do? How do I, how do I help? The solution to this, right, versus, oh, this isn't my problem. You know what? And I'm not downing you because you can't do it every time. One is you might want to break that 20 into fives right. and go go by that corner a few more times. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is we don't really know what to do for that person unless you have a conversation with them. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. what I do a lot of times is do that. Then I also know the difference between somebody that's truly homeless and somebody that's been stuck on the corner by non-homeless people and working them just to, and that is happening. And what is working that? What them, is that? They're begging for money and then... Uh, they come pick them up and they yeah and they, you don't they know. house them and take most of the money. Oh, oh yeah, that does happen. Absolutely, it's a big business. That's like I don't even know. I've yeah, never well, even heard of that. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just put it out there. Holy moly! And so get mad at me, those of you who have those vans that I see sometimes. And what are you going to do? But anyway, uh, see, it does come out sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, the fact is, but that just should not scare people from helping because you can really look and tell. And um, uh, But bottom line is that, that the majority of the people who come through our system are poor and indigent. Yeah. Uh, back to that. So therefore, either they can't pay or they struggle paying. And so we have put systems in place, which have been 
in place by law, but people don't know. Where if you are poor and you just can't pay, you know, $300 might not sound like a lot or it might not sound insurmountable, but for a person that doesn't have a job or yeah. doesn't make any money, $300 is like 3000 or sure. $3 million. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, you can put them on a payment plan mm-hmm. where they can pay it monthly and it can be as low as I want to make it. That's great. It can be, excuse me, be $5, $10 a month. I hate to put one on a plan that long. Sure. Because that's yeah. that's almost criminalizing, too, making them come to the courthouse, go through security, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and come up, uh, go through that. They've already been the to the courthouse yeah, and got thing. charged with something. Now you're going to make them go through that process once a month. So the fact is that we find ways through technology through uh, laws uh, to to uh, minimize the the uh, strain, the personal strain yeah. on people, so that we can help uh, what the Constitution says is supposed to be their right, and they cannot be penalized for owing court costs, fines, and fees. Well. Right now, if they don't pay, we are penalizing them because we're putting a third-party collector on them. We're, we're denying them an opportunity to get a job because you have to pay your fines and fees before you can have your record expunged. Yes. So uh, you're offering them an expungement, but if you're not helping them to, or waiving their fees or whatever, which we do now, thank God, that our judges understand how important it is, our mayor understands how important it is, Uh, then if you're not able to get the fees taken care of, then they can't get the records expunged. If they can't get the records expunged, they can't get the job. They can't get the the housing. They can't pay the fees anyway. And so it's just, uh, it's almost sinful. And and so what we try to do is is, um, atone for our sins because I am a part of the criminal justice system and and, um, I'm proudly a part of it, but I'm also sadly a part of the failings of our system. And so uh, I try to make it um, as forgiving as possible because once that person goes to jail or, or does whatever the judge tells them to do, uh, parole, uh, probation, whatever, they've paid, their, they've paid their debt to society. Absolutely. And I think the worst thing is when you take their right to vote away and and um, and make them less than a, a human being uh, in our society, but um, we got an app for that too, and and <laughs> we're able to help people to get the voting rights back. Uh, I know someone personally that can't. Well, we talked about how it varies from location because he yeah. was convicted. His criminal background was not here in Davidson County. Um, yeah. Well, the state of Tennessee, one thing about it, those laws are the same. Really? So voting rights are national and state run. So mm-hmm. even if they're not Davidson County, we can help them. We can wow. guide them. We might have to contact the other county and, and work with them. Now, don't get me wrong. Bad actors, rapists, murderers, things like that who are just outright guilty and, 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 and do cruel and evil things, they should be punished and, and, and punished to the, to the length of the law. But when we know that over 70%, almost 80% of the people that come through our court system have, have uh, 
have minor offenses. Sure, yeah. And um and have not really done anything to hurt anybody but themselves. Uh they yeah. just should not have to suffer the way uh you know, you can be in prison behind bars or you can be in prison uh in a homeless camp. Yeah. Uh Exactly. And I will say I'm talking to a female right now, and I've got all females. i got four daughters and all, and I, I'm real serious about this, even though it happens to men too. Uh, uh, eight out of ten women on the street get sexually um, abused. Yeah, hard and it truth, might, yeah. It might be nine, but I know for a fact eight out of ten. And also, uh, I don't know the percentage with young boys, but it's high, yeah. especially with gay young boys. Yeah. And 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 so the streets are not friendly. No. And so if you're gonna let them make them be out there, at least let them have the ability to work, because uh, about uh, forty to fifty percent of homeless people go to work every day. And people don't realize that. No, they don't. They don't realize that, but they can't afford to pay rent. Right. They can't afford to pay for a car. They can't afford to do that, but they can. They 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 live in. They live in. Sometimes they get to go in motels every now and then, and um, clean up and what sure, have you. Yeah. But they're doing some kind of work. Yep. It's so. Well, yeah. what you're doing is opening that that pathway for them. Yes. And the truth is, it's not been publicized what you do. That's why I wanted to get a full scope on what a criminal court clerk, (laughs) there you go again, the CCC, what you do, because I hope that people hear this and think of their their friend or their brother or their dad or whoever and share this information. Um, What you're doing is changing the world and changing little pieces one at a time. And I want to celebrate you for that. Well, thank you. It's, <laughs> it's about trying to do the right thing. Absolutely. And and a lot of my all we can uh, do. <laughs> and, and I speak sometimes uh, to national organizations. I've been on national boards for clerks, and I found across the nation that all the clerks, on, because of what their requirements are, mm-hmm. or they feel their requirements are, don't share uh, the same passion that I do. And some of them in the smaller counties really don't even have the resources to right. to do what I'm able to do in Nashville. And I think I thank Nashville. I thank God for being here uh, in Nashville to have a a community and a, and a government that uh, affords me the opportunity to 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 reach out to the community and to do more. And uh, and the resources mm-hmm. are required to do it. You know, I'm I'm appreciative for that. Now, at the end of the day, I, I say that that's the cost of doing business the right way. Yeah. But the reality of that is, you can't you can't do it if you don't have the resources. Absolutely. And so, I appreciate uh, the council, the the, mm-hmm. the the metro government, even the state for uh, giving us, uh, the, the providing us the opportunity to serve the way we do. There are things to be grateful for everywhere there are. There are. all it's, the time. You know, and grateful is it. And, and, but I want the citizens, those who are struggling because of it, and, and, and let's be clear, we're all struggling because of the environment. Yes. We are all of victims us. of mm. our environment. But the ones that are struggling the most, uh, uh, I... Um, 
are the ones that are probably not creating most of it. You no, know? they're not. They're, yeah. But they're suffering from it. Yes, more they are. Than they're the first ones us. to suffer from yeah. it. Yeah, they don't have filtration systems, and and the you know you might say with well, outside. Well, that's where the, all the doggone stuff is. Yes, it's outside and the heat. And, now, uh, I mean, gosh, in the summers heat, and, the, and the, cold, the storms and the winters and. Tying it all together, you, you've you really gotten me on this track. Now I, I will have a series on that, and maybe yeah. you can be a part of it. Well, you you know what? I'll do whatever I can. I, you know, when I talked to you the first time I met you, I was trying to figure out how does this really fit. Uh, I know how it fit, but I didn't know whether, whether I'd just be honest, I didn't know whether you would understand how much it fit. You understand. You you get it. You, you got it before we talked. Mm. And and I know you did, and and uh, uh, so the fact is that it is our duty and our responsibility. Um, my parents both came from from people that worked the soil, that lived off the soil, that lived off off of the earth, uh, be it slaves and then to sharecroppers, and um, and the environment was so important to their existence and their survival because there wasn't a whole lot of help otherwise. And they were able to uh, not just use it, but to appreciate it. And they shared that appreciation with us as we grew up. And they caused us to be very sensitive to the environment. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, it, it Waste. Uh, my daddy always kept a compost uh mm. Uh, area in our backyard, and I used to think, well, maybe he's doing a garden. No, he always said, put it back in the ground. Mm-hmm. My kids know that when you get through eating an apple, you go throw it out there yeah. uh, in in the uh, just in the in the in the yard in yeah. the bushes because there are there is wildlife that will be sustained as a result of it, and what makes it to the ground to the earth. It'll, it'll bring right, it from back the earth again. back to the earth so, is what I always say yeah. about composting. Yeah. Which I brought your toothpaste tablets today. Don't let me forget All right, to give you I wanna, those I wanna, from the good fill. I do, I, I do, I do. Right I want to try that, but it's it's the appreciation of it. Can you imagine if we can move a culture of people who are living off the land because they're poor? Or having to survive off the land, if we're able to rise them and raise them into uh, citizens who can live productive lives of dignity, uh, and that means just having a roof job and the ability to to uh, uh, sustain themselves, can you imagine what they're going to bring uh, to this this community and in society as it relates to sustainability? Because they have learned how to live off the earth and survive off of it. And so mm-hmm. they're not going to be uh, that wasteful group of people. Right, right. They're not going to be, uh, uh, you know, if you walk through a homeless camp, a real homeless camp, uh, you don't see a lot of trash sure. laying around yeah. because they're burning it. They're, they're, they're utilizing it. Every to stay warm. Every little bit. Every little bit. I mean, there's, a, so there's something, there's a purpose for everything. Yeah. Well, the next, I do have a series coming up that's going to be about agrarianism, which Mm -hmm. is a word I never even heard of really before. Mm -hmm. And 
farming culture yes. and yes. talking about exactly what you're talking about. So I'm really excited. I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of alignment with you and and the direction that I'm going in this podcast, and I'm excited yeah. about it. But just yeah. to wrap us up. Um, Thank you again. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, I look forward wow. to seeing how we work together because that's what it's going to take is well, this... working together and understanding each other and hearing each other and um, having the hard conversations. Well, this has been amazing. And, and you keep this going because I'm not the answer. I'm just a part of the army. There's an army of people that do care. Yes. And they're frustrated, too, because they do not have this 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 voice, they have a voice, but they don't have this mechanism to get uh, the message out mm. or even a mechanism to find out all the things they can do to be helpful. We're going to so, keep working uh, on it. this that. kind of podcast can really be helpful. Thank you. All right. So up next, we'll be zoning into another personal story of a young guy I met here in Nashville that, that wrote a best-selling book. And he told his experiences and his story as a black man in America which I read and found so incredibly relevant to this conversation. We just have to have him on the show as well. So stay tuned for more people, more planet. And as you know, I want to hear from everyone that has something to say. So please send me an email. Maybe you want to be a podcaster. Send me an email about that. I've got the best crew in Nashville, Tennessee. It's criticalrootzone at gmail.com. And until the next episode of CRZ, we can only love the planet if we love one another. And in order to love one another, we must love ourselves. So remember to ask questions, inspire others to do better, and we can do anything when we stand united. listening to Critical Root Zone. If you'd like to reach out, email us at criticalrootzone at gmail.com. Critical Root Zone is produced in Nashville, Tennessee, copyright 2022.